Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Again, that's John chapter 14, 15 through 24. And I'm reading from the NASB 1995 version. If you have a different version with you, you're more than welcome to read along. If you don't, you could just refer to the screen ahead of you. And this is the reading of God's word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is a spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me. And I in you, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the, world, uh, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Amen. Would you quickly close your eyes and pray with me before we begin? God, we thank you. God, we have read this passage from the book of John, God. Important words which you convey to us that we are to live in obedience, that we are to trust in you, that we are to live by what proceeds out of your mouth, Lord. So God, I pray for faith to arise. I pray for even courage to arise so that we may open up our ears. God, listen to what you may have to say to us. And God, every day, every moment of our lives, God, there may be a radical obedience happening in our lives. So God, I pray for, not just for inspiration, but God, I pray for faith to arise in this time. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. What if at your work, in the place of your work, You only did what was told to you. What if in your own current place, you did not uh, have the chance to voice your opinion? You're simply doing whatever it is that you are told to do. What if in your relationship, you had no voice? You're simply are given orders, you're simply going by what your partner has to convey to you. Some of you guys are stressing out because this may actually be happening in your life already. What if your own family, 
You are never asked anything but simply told what to do. I've just described to you the basic tenets of obedience. When we talk about obedience, when we discern what obedience exactly is, it's not necessary, necessarily a dialogue. Obedience is more one way. Obedience is actually already decision is made and the process has been discerned and committed already. And we are told, we are encouraged to follow along by something that has already been preset for you. And this is why obedience is quite difficult. We have to understand something. Obedience is not well-processed information. Obedience is not an agreeable proposition that is favorable to you. Mind you, because again, in the process of obedience, you have not been invited to the process. You do not necessarily know the why and the how or the what. We are simply called to follow along. And obedience is willfully placing yourself under someone else's plan and will. Let me repeat that phrase again. Obedience is willfully placing yourself under someone else's plan and will. This is why obedience is very difficult. Oftentimes, it just seems just one way. The term obedience exists because of this unique dynamic. If not, we would just simply call it agreement or, or, or compliance. But obedience, that word obedience exists because of the, the notion and the, and the tendency of just one-way direction. If you think about some of the characters in the Bible, if you think about Abraham, when Abraham was given the call to sacrifice his own, one and only son Isaac on one day, and when he said yes, when he actually carried out that ridiculous act and demand by God, we call that an act of obedience. Also in the Bible, we see another occasion where Joshua engaged in a fierce battle, about to occupy the promised land. God says, you know what? Circle around seven times this city of Jericho. Walls so thick, so high, never had been penetrated in the history of that region. God says, I don't want you to fight. Put down your bows and arrows. Put down your swords and shields. Instead, pick up your trumpet and march around the castle, march around the city seven times, and the whole city will collapse before your eyes. What do you think Joshua was feeling? What do you think Joshua was thinking? But again, the term of engagement, the terms of engagement for the people of God and God himself was that they were to carry out God's word. They were called to full obedience. Do as you are told. And every single account of obedience is an act of faith as the one receiving such command. 
You know, you look at a passage like, and let me move over to the Gospels, and look, look, you look at a passage like Luke chapter 6, verse 46, which says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. And he goes on to say, one who hears my word, one who obeys me, one who carry out, carries out what I've commanded you to do, that person is like a, uh, like a man building a house on firm foundation. You will actually be able to build something and it will withstand any kind of troubles and the forces coming from the outside. You will actually be able to build your life. You know that Jesus is not talking about literally a house, right? He's talking about you will be able to build your life and it will be sustained. And he says, but one who hears the word but does not do what I say, that person is like someone building a house you're still building, but you're still building that house on a foundation that is not firm. Some translations will say, a man building a house on sand. It does not matter what you build. It does not matter how high it goes. If the foundation is faulty, that house will collapse. So Jesus conveys the importance of, man, this, this concept of obedience, this concept of I'm going to speak, I'm going to come and say what I should, and you're called to obey me. You're called to comply. You're called to come along, whatever it is that I convey to you. Jesus doesn't really mince words here, does he? You know, this is how we read. When we, when we read passages like this, although he is God, we recognize and understand that God is infinitely more powerful, infinitely more knowledgeable, and good, infinitely more good, infinitely good from everlasting to everlasting. But so long as we are human beings capable of thinking, discerning, and desiring on our own with complete freedom, we are going to struggle Living a life of obedience. Again, we get that God is smarter than us. We get that God is more capable of, than us. We get that God is infinitely good. But because we simply have the ability to think and discern for ourselves, this concept of obedience is because it's what? It's, it's, it's clashing of wills. We are always going to struggle. You know, guys, and I just received an email this morning um, it was an email from my kid's school. And I, I don't know, I mean, I don't know who's writing these emails on Sunday morning. Who's working Sunday morning besides pastors and church volunteers, right? But, but, but bless the, God, God bless those uh, school workers. But they sent out an email today saying, hey, for whatever reason, your child does not choose to wear the mask or comply with our regulations of every student masking up inside the classroom he or she, that student, will not be allowed to enter the classroom. But they will be administered, they will be supervised outdoors and engage classroom activities in the outdoor setting. And I don't have to guess too much. I don't have to know too much what's going on. It's because some of the parents have said, you know what, we are not going to comply with the rules and regulations in this season. So we, we, we see people say, you know what, I'm not going to obey. I'm not going to go by. I'm not going to follow along what, it, what I am being told. 
Sometimes we struggle in our relationship with God. You know, my aim today, guys, is really simple. We want to overcome any barriers to obedience that we are called to do in our relationship with God. Okay? While I can't be there with you at all the moments where God requires or he, he demands obedience from you, I pray that what we hear today will give you the strength and the faith and the peace for you to do so. Does that sound good? So today we're going to talk about obedience. We're going to talk about why we should obey or how we can obey the Lord. I guess obey the Lord better because we want to see more obedience in our lives. Simply, just two points today. First, we obey because of his love for us. Say with me, we obey because of his love for us. That accent is very important. That accentuation is very important. We obey because of his love for us. We misunderstand this sometimes. We make the mistake of seeing obedience primarily as something that we should do. We, we interpret the concept and the notion of obedience as something that we give on to God. It's something that we conjure up. It's something that we muster up. And out of the goodness, out of the discerning of our hearts and faith, we offer up obedience unto God. And in doing so, I think obedience sometimes, we can't help but to think in our finite minds that obedience really benefits the person telling us to obey. Is it not? First of all, we don't really agree with, we don't really comply necessarily, so we question the motives, we question the heart, so we think, well, we're obeying because, you know, it's something that we do for you. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here to correct that false notion. We obey because of His love for us. God does not need our obedience. Come on, somebody. God does not demand because obedience benefits him. I want to let you know, friends, God demands obedience first and foremost because it is good for us. We have to understand the discerning heart of the Father, right? Our love leads to obedience, but that's second. I'll, get to, I'll come back to that point later. Right? But I really want, you, uh, I want to say this to you today. It's exactly the opposite of that. We first obey because of his love for us. His will, God's will, God's plan is not only holy, it's not only perfect, but God's will is always compelled by his eternal love for you and me. We have to really understand that. Friends, let me uh, share the backdrop of today's passage that we have just read. These, these words in John chapter 14, 15 through 24 were shared just hours before uh, a pretty important event. No, no, no. Perhaps the most important event in human history, the greatest act of love in history, Jesus Moments before heading to the cross, takes the time and he's addressing his beloved disciples, who, by the way, at this time, their hearts are filled with fear. They were literally trembling. They were literally shaking because of what might happen to them. For the past three years that have spent 
with their rabbi for the three years they have journeyed together with their Messiah, their teacher, their beloved friend. And as prophesied, as foretold by Jesus himself, he says, I'm going to be gone. I'm gone. I'm going to peace out. I have to go do what I have come to do for you. And that's the timing of this command here. And Jesus unpacks these things. In moments before heading to the cross, he says, and this was his way of comforting the disciples. Isn't it interesting? And the way Jesus chose to comfort his beloved friends was this. I'm going away, but I'm sending my Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, he's going to be, going to be called um, a helper. As you are on the way, he's going to simply come alongside of you, and you will lean on him. You will resort to him. You will inquire of him. You will speak to him and he to you. And then he says, you will obey his commandments. You will walk in a way that I will show you. And Jesus does this. Jesus, for him, obedience was the best way for the disciples to be well. It was, obedience was the best way for the disciples to be safe and even be confident in such a tumultuous season. And God's promise that fell upon the disciples was this. I will guide you. Now, I, you will stay within these boundaries. I need, you to, I need you to trust me. I need you to lean on me. I need you to rely on my instructions as I come alongside of your life. You see, obedience, meaning God calling you to listen, follow, even surrender the things you are grasping onto right now. Obedience is the best way that your heavenly Father can care for you. It's His love that compels you and me to obey Him even joyfully. Amen? We obey because of His love for us. You know, my firstborn, my, child, uh, my, my son Samuel, he must have been like uh, maybe 18 months, 20 months. It was a long, long time ago because he's now 13. It was a long time ago. I don't know why this happened. I don't know how this happened, but he had in his hand a fork. It was a blue plastic tip uh, handle. It was a small fork. It was his first fork. And it has, but it was a fork. It was a metal fork. It had metal edges at the end of the plastic piece. Um, maybe he walked off his uh, little high chair or the dinner of uh, the table that he was, and I saw him walking around with that fork, and he stopped, kind of stopped and stopped in front of a, a metal, uh, I mean, a, an electric outlet. And I don't know why at that moment, I don't know what thoughts occurred to him, but he paused right in front of it. He stared at the a fork. He stared at the outlet, and he did one of these. At that moment, I was really concerned. It's like, no, 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 bro, you don't do that right now. Put that down. Now, I'm thinking it. I'm, I'm, it's like, there's no way he's going to do anything. He looks at me and is inching closer to the outlet. Some of your parents know this. When your kid is about to do something, there's something. I think it's the Holy Spirit inside of them. 
as we are people of faith, there's something supernatural that happens. When, when your child is about to sin, he knows there's a supernatural discerning in his heart. He looks at me, he takes a step closer to the outlet. Look at the fork. Looks at me, one step closer to the outlet. At that moment, before he got even too close to it, I says, hey, I yell out, stop, stop. Give me the fork. And he's now, like, we, we, our eyes are engaged. We're, we're talking to each other. And there's, you could tell that he, he's troubled. You could tell there's, like, he's not liking this. He's, he's bothered that I'm intervening. He's bothered that I'm talking to him as he's on his way to do something that he was curious about. And eventually I take the fork away and we're good. But imagine at that moment, what is he thinking and what am I thinking? He's probably thinking, man, I, man, this guy, man, what do I have to do? Why? He's probably thinking, even in the moment of surrendering the, what was in his hand, he's probably thinking, okay, I better listen to this guy because he's my dad. Or he's probably, I don't, he probably doesn't even know the concept of that. I better listen to him because he's, he's one of the guys that's always around. Or maybe he's thinking, I better listen because he's much bigger than me. I better listen to him because his voice is much louder than me. That's probably what he's thinking. And maybe there's a, a bit of reluctance in his heart. Maybe there's like, ah, oh, I don't really want to, but I, I guess I gotta. But what about on the other side of the, the scene where, what about, my, what about my thing? Am I really the, what, why am I telling him to, hey, you better listen what is compelling me to give that explicit command at that moment? Is it control? Do I get some kind of pleasure out of him giving me what was in his hand? Do I get some kind of crazy high about like, man, he listens to me, whatever I say. Well, I'm first and foremost compelled by my love for my child. Out of my protection that I want, I want nothing Less than absolute best for my child. In that moment, that command is given. Isn't it interesting how we take the same account, same encounter, but it could be interpreted completely different way. And sometimes we do this in our lives, in our faith lives with God as well. Sometimes we get annoyed. Sometimes we get frustrated. And flat out, we don't like to be told to do anything by anybody, let alone God. So the secret, the first truth that we have, to, we have to understand this path onto obedience is that we cannot obey God unless we love God. Now, I'm not, we'll get there. That's the second point. We cannot obey God unless we first understand that God has infinite love for us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Understand, we obey because His love for us. I describe to you the context of this passage. Jesus is on His way to the cross. A couple chapters later, He would be arrested. A couple chapters later, He will be tormented. He will be tortured. 40 minus 1 lashes on His back. He's beaten up. He's jeered. People are making fun of him. Just moments before, 
Jesus is about to go die on the cross for us. Now, let me say, say something here. I think it's quite profound. The placing of this passage is that Jesus was calling us to obey him as he was faithfully on his way to obey the Father. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for me, yes, because of what? Because he loves us? Because he loves me? Absolutely. You know what, first? You know what, can I, can I add something to that? Jesus died for you and me, not just because he loves us. He died for us because of his love of the Father. Jesus obeys the Father because he understood Father's love for him. So anytime we talk about obedience, was Jesus obedient to the Father? I, be, I describe to you the, the, under, the notion or the, or the feelings of, or, or the sentiments of obedience is not, it's more one way, right? What if I said Jesus going to the cross was an act of obedience? Well, the immediate question that you and I should be asking, was there any sense of Jesus not wanting to do it? Was there any sense of Jesus resisting that? Oh, absolutely. Well, let, let, me, let me show you what happens here. Let me convey to you what that means. Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 44. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give into temptation. He, will, he walked away about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Wow! Jesus, on his way to the Calvary, he says he prays this private prayer. He takes only the inner circle of the disciples, only three of them, and he leaves them behind. He pulls away even to the one more secret place of the mountain, and he's praying unto God. He's praying to God, say, Father, remove this cup from me. Take this away from me. I don't want to do this. Come on. Jesus is basically saying, God, if it is possible, do not let me go through this. But if it is your will, help me to surrender. Help me to obey. Help me to give into your work, your plans, and your ways. And upon that prayer, the Spirit of God fell upon him. And I think supernatural sustenance came for Jesus to be strengthened and proceed you may be asking, well, Scott, that's a really, really bold statement. Why in the world would you say that Jesus did not want to go to the cross? Does Jesus not love us? Does Jesus not care for us? Was it not Jesus that signed up for this task? How could he even come to, the, to this world if he didn't really sign off on this? Jesus, you have to understand, Jesus was not afraid of the physical punishment. Jesus was not praying to God, say, God, remove this cup from me because he, he dreaded the, 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 the uh, uh, what is it, um, the ridicule 
the belittlement of the people, the, the betrayal of the people. He was dreading the fact that in the moment when he took upon the sin of the world, he knew that there was to be eternal separation. Though briefly, he was about to be shunned. He was about to be ignored by the Heavenly Father himself. He was anticipating the pain of that spiritual breaking away, tearing away, being shunned by the intimate Father in heaven. For that he says, God, I don't want to do this. I'm really, really dreading this. But he says what? But God, if this is your will, if you will delight in this, God, give me the strength to carry forth whatever it is on your heart. So that happens just moments after the passage that we have read. Perhaps Jesus foresaw this. He says, obey me. Obey my instructions. Without this whole thing of obedience, you will not understand me. You will not discover my love for you unless you walk in obedience fully unto me. God says, the reason for your obedience unto me is because of my love for you. Now, let's get to the more common reason of obedience. I think just as important. The second reason is we obey because we love God. Say it with me. We obey because of our love for God. Loving Jesus is not the same as obeying his commandments. Let me say that again. Loving Jesus is not the same as keeping his commandments. Loving Jesus precedes and gives rise to keeping his commandments. Let me clarify that. Meaning, obeying God is an expression of our love for God. That means... If you did not have love for God, you would not have the power to obey God in the truthful and the right way. What compels you to obey God is because of your love for Him. To be sure, to understand the difference, obeying God does not equate loving God. Let me give you an example here, okay, uh, between love and obedience here. Um, you know, at our house, we have a bunch of rules at our house, okay? I, I think as... Uh, all of your homes do, whether it be roommates, family, whether you have kids, you probably have a bunch of rules. And, and I do too. And, and my wife has a couple of rules, right? I, she doesn't have money. Uh, she, no, no, not, did I say money? <laughs> okay, that too. She doesn't have a lot of rules, but she has some rules. And she wants all of us to abide by these rules. The, one of the rules is that when doing laundry, towels are its own separate category. I didn't know this when we got married. I, I thought, you know what? Hey, when we were single, we, did, we barely separated the colors and the whites. When we got married, we understood this revelation of colors and whites. Well, I was very faithful in doing what I thought was a good thing, separating the colors and the whites. Well, little did I know that really upset my wife. Honey, towels do not fall in either category. Towels are to be washed 
by themselves. I'm like, what? In my head, I'm thinking, actually, it wasn't in my mind. I actually said it. That's crazy. Why? There's no need for that. Just separate lighter towels, go with light colors or white. Darker towels, go with darker clothes. Plain and simple. She said no. I think in her head, she's like, you are too dumb to understand why I'm telling you this, but you better do what I say. She may or may have not thought that, but I, I heard it. I felt it in my flesh and spirit. So I know that towels are separate categories. So when I do laundry, I do towels separately. And I'm not allowed to cook anything that splatters oil in the kitchen. I've done it a couple times. Oh, that upsets her. Honey, I know you're listening to this. You hate it when I talk about you, and you're not even here in church. But I, I, this, I need to do this. She doesn't like it. And I think there's double standards because I see her cooking katsu. She's frying katsu all the time, but she gets to do it. But I know when I do it, it upsets her. But I simply do what she says. Do I agree? Eh. When I have K barbecue, when I go to a restaurant, delightful meal, I'm satisfied to no end. But I know before I come into the house, all of my outer garments and clothes are taken off in the garage and they're dropped off in the washer that's placed in the garage. I don't necessarily agree. I feel sometimes humiliated that I'm taking off my clothes in my garage before coming to the house. But I know I do it because that pleases my wife. So sometimes I don't understand. Sometimes I don't necessarily agree with these things. But I obey such rules because of my love for my wife. Are you guys getting this? Following all of her rules does not necessarily mean that I love her. In a vacuum, if I don't find anything greasy on the, uh, uh, on the gr- uh, uh, in the kitchen, does that mean I love my wife? If I wash towels separately in a vacuum, does that mean I love my wife? No, it doesn't go that way. But because I love my wife, I will gladly say yes to whatever she may share with me. You understand? Are you guys getting this now? Love precedes obedience. We obey God because of our love for Him. See, here, obedience is seen as our expression of our love for God. You know, obedience um, oftentimes is, is counterintuitive in the worldly sense. When we talk about or the Western thought or the modern-day thought, um, how does a course of action take place? It's usually there's revelation, and when there's understanding, you obey or you comply, you agree, and then you move forward with action. But in our dynamic relationship with our God, it's quite the opposite well, in the biblical notion of following God's way is that, well, obedience is prompted and demanded first. And when we obey and we move into the form of action, then when we have completed our action or task, 
then the revelation and understanding comes. This is why our relationship with God, faith is a driving force. Sometimes in our, expre- in our expression or exercise of our faith, there is not necessarily complete understanding. There is not necessarily complete compliance in our hearts on our part. But at absolutely over and over and over again, we are called and invited to the process of obedience unto him. We obey God because this is an expression of our love for him. So let me just reiterate the only two points that we have. We obey because of his love for us. Second, we obey because of our love for God. And that obedience is an expression of our love for him. Friends, today, as I wrap up this message, think of all that God has called you to obey him in. The way we live our lives. The Bible says what? Loving our enemies, being humble, being gracious to those who wrong us, being generous to those around us. What about the very explicit commands of preach the gospel always, passionately serve and build the church. Do not neglect gathering for worship services. How well do we obey God? Is there any chance that you are being dismissive of what he's commanding? Is there any chance that there is no room for, you to, for, you, for God to even come and speak to you? Is there any room for God to unload his ways, his will, his desires? Have you opened up your heart and invited him in? I think it's so sad that we have made so many of God's commands, so many of God's prompts throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout a lifetime get ignored, they put aside completely shun. And today, I pray that you and I will be able to commit to the life of obedience unto him. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the same thing that I shared this past Sunday. I will end today's sermon with the same questions that I asked last week. Friends, what is God saying to you today? Is there anything that He wants you to know. Do you have any sense what God is desiring, God is requiring of you today? Maybe it's not something physical that we surrender, we concede onto Him. Maybe maybe it's the attitude He wants you to have. What is it? How is God conveying obedience from you? So as we pray, would you have the courage to pray? Ask God, God, what is it that you desire? What is it that you have set for me? Let's close our eyes. Let's do that right now. We dare pray the prayer of God, speak to us. 
God, reveal to us your ways. We dare ask, Lord, today, give us the commands. God, command us to move. Command us to walk. Command us to heal. Command us to believe and move forward. God, we want radical obedience to be fully evident in all of our lives. God, we thank you. We thank you that such command, such prompt is driven because of your love for us. So we trust you. God, we rest in you. We thank you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. We are going to have the time of offering unto him. You can go to our website, rooftopchurch.com. You will see on the very far right tab called Give. And as the Spirit prompts you, as the Spirit compels you, as the Spirit encourages you, empowers you to move in faith, I pray that you give. And maybe some of you guys are really struggling. Maybe some of you guys have thoughts about, man, God, I want to neglect this portion of, of, of service onto you because it's so difficult. But let's move in faith. Let's do something that expresses our trust and love for him. All right? And as mentioned to you earlier, today happens to be Communion Sunday. So bring those elements to you. And let's pray. God, we thank you for providing us the uh, opportunity to take communion today, Lord. As we partake in the Lord's communion, we are reminded that we are united in Christ, in His death, and in His resurrection. And God, we rest in that holy truth. No matter what we go through in life, no matter what, harsh, what hardships we may face, God, we understand that we are never, ever alone. So God, Holy Spirit, come, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray.